Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Listen, we are here because of a lot of reasons, but I know this. I'm curious. I'm just curious. How are you feeling today? <laughs> no, I mean that like for real. That was kind of weak. How are you guys feeling today? Stay standing for just a second. I want to I take us to uh, our, our vision statement, our dream statement as a church. Our vision is this, right? It's to bring life to our? By being the church the? Best way we know how, right? So I messed that up. We're going to do that again. Our vision is our, our vision is to bring life to our? By being the church the? Way we know how, right? That's right. So here, listen, check this out. We want to bring life, and life is Jesus. We believe, we believe Jesus is life. That's why we bring him. We also want to give God our best. We are never going to be the best. We're not trying to be the best church or anything like that. We are intending to give God our best. And today, it's all about giving God the glory, the honor, and the praise. And so if you are thankful today for not only what God has done in your life, but if you are thankful for what God has done in this church, can you give him a good, solid minute of praise right now? Come on. Come on, thank him, give him praise, give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Give you praise, God. Let's pray together. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you and give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise today. We lift you up. You are the name above every name. We declare that today, God. And now we invite you once again to come and to move as we open your word. Lord, use your word today to speak to us. Move during this time. So we pray all this in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Give three fist bumps to people around you, then take a seat. Go for it. All right. I know some of you are like, I'm going to do one fist bump. That's okay. It's okay. My kids say it all the time. It's free country. You can do what you want. But listen. Listen, uh, we do want to open God's word for just a few minutes today. I'm actually not going to speak that long. My gift to you on our birthday is for me to speak less. Right? I don't need any amens on that point, but thank you. But I want to take us. If I'm going to teach us, I'm going to teach us. Are you all right? Are you all right with that? So we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 6. I know, I know you guys weren't ready for that. You're like, I just read Leviticus yesterday. I know, I know. But we're going to go review stuff you read all the time. Leviticus. All right? Here's the deal. A lot of you don't read Leviticus probably. It's some heady stuff, and here's why. This is, this is a book about the way God's people would uh, conduct themselves, the way they would atone for sin, the way they would, they would even uh, make sacrifices, which when Jesus came, he fulfilled Leviticus. Like, he just, there's no more sacrifice needed. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for all time. However, that doesn't make Leviticus obsolete. There's a lot in here, rich story, rich meaning, that we can learn all the power that we find in the person of Jesus because Jesus is life. And so in Leviticus 6, we read about an instruction on what was known as the burnt offering. So I'm going to get right into it. Leviticus 6, verse 8. Then the, the Lord said to Moses, give Aaron and his sons the following instructions regarding the burnt offering. The burnt offering must be left on top of the altar until the next morning. And the fire on the altar must be kept burning all night. Then again in verse 12, the Lord says, keep the fire on the altar burning. It must not go out. 
replenish the wood for the fire every morning. Arrange the whole burnt offering on it and burn the fat of the peace offering on top of that. Keep the fire burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. How many of you know that sometimes it's kind of hard to keep the fire burning? You know what I'm talking about? These priests, Aaron, his sons, and the, the men known as the Levites, which is where we get the term Leviticus, they had to figure out how to keep the fire burning day and night. Do you understand how much work that took? They were tending the fire, waking up in the middle of the night. They were chopping wood. They were making sure they had everything they need to keep the fire burning because the Lord said it must not go out. I've titled today's message, Keep the Fire Burning. Look at your neighbor right now and say, keep the fire burning. Keep the fire burning. You and I have to keep the fire burning for Jesus in our heart. This is the last installment, part 14, of fire in our hearts. And the idea of the burnt offering that we read about right here was the idea of the offering was supposed to burn slow. Every, this is, this, it was like a slow burn. Everyone say, slow burn. Good. The priests, the priests wanted to slow the process while also keeping the fire hot. So if you've ever made a campfire, you probably know or you've noticed that some woods burn faster than others. Soft woods like cedar, pine, they burn really fast. Hardwoods like hickory and oak, they burn a lot slower, right? The danger with fast burning wood is that before you know it, the fire gets burned out. It's easy for the fire to go out because it burned up really fast. And before you know it, it's gone. How many of you guys have ever met someone, or maybe you know someone, that is more like a fast burn for Jesus? You know what I'm talking about? Like, they lit up quickly, they burned bright, and then they burned out. Hmm. At one point, they were on fire for Jesus. And then a few months later, a year later, they were gone for Jesus. They were like, where'd they go? They just burned out super fast. Maybe you have been on again, off again with God and throughout your life. You have seasons of this. Or maybe even recently you've had seasons of this. You've been up and down and grown cold at times. You see, here, as we talk about fire in our hearts, I think I just need to say this. Our spiritual temperature for God is not intended to go up and down like the seasons of the year. We're not supposed to be, you know, on fire for three months, lukewarm for six months, and then cold for three months. We're not supposed to be spring, summer, fall, winter with our fire in our hearts, right? It's supposed to, we have to have like the equator mindset. Like we're living at the equator, right? Where the temperature barely changes. We're always hot for Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, like hashtag that, right? Hashtag hot for Jesus, right? That's who we are, right? And so this sustaining the fire though is difficult. This true story for most of us is we're seasonally hot. But we got to keep the fire burning, we got to stay hot. So we need to learn how to settle into this sort of Levitical practice of keeping the fire burning. Fire in our hearts, it's not a quick work. It's not a seasonal work. It's not a flash in the pan, a moment of service, or platitudes for God. It is a slow burn. Fire in our hearts is a, is, is, and, and even fire in our church is meant to stay. It's supposed to have staying power. So how do we do this? Well, how do we keep the fire burning hot and slow? Even, right, through the darkest of nights, the most challenging of seasons. Because how many know any of us are susceptible, churches are susceptible, people who claim God to grow cold, to become lukewarm, to become ice cold, to become spiritually bankrupt. So how do we 
not allow that to happen. How do we become a church on fire? Because that's what we want to be, right? We want to be a church on fire. How many of you guys agree with that, right? I was going to name the message Church on Fire, but I thought, man, if I told you to look at your neighbor and say Church on Fire, it might cause panic and everybody would leave. I got dad jokes, friends. Dad jokes. That was a dad joke. Well, perhaps I can use a simple a science equation to help illustrate this Church on Fire. You can go to the next slide. See, there are three elements of fire. There's heat, there's fuel, and there's oxygen. This is called the triangle of fire. Smokey the Bear loves to talk about the triangle of fire, right? This is the triangle of fire. And if we're going to take the same equation and we're going to apply it to a church on fire, so if we're going to say this is a church on fire, what do we got? Well, our heat source is the presence of God. Everyone say presence of God. It begins with God's presence in our church. It's why we always say, come Holy Spirit. We need your presence here. It's why we've prayed for years. More spirit, God. We want more of your spirit. Come on us like fire in this church. We pray that because we know that his presence is our heat source. And here's the deal. James 4, 8 says it this way. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So I just got to ask you, I don't want you to really think about a quick question like this. Are you drawing close to God? Because when you do, he will draw close to you. That's the presence we're looking for. That's the intimacy we need. Paul says it this way in, 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 in Philippians 3.8. He said, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. That is I want to be in his presence where there is unity. Everything is garbage compared to knowing Christ Jesus and to being in his presence. Now, the Greek word for garbage is a little bit more, it's a little bit more uh, forceful than the word garbage, right? The word, original word was skubalon. Everyone say skubalon. Say it again. Skubalon. That's right. Skubalon. That is the word for manure, animal excrement, poop. Crap, right? Paul said everything else is scubalon. It's manure compared to being with Jesus. How many of you know that we need to say no to scubalon and yes to Jesus? Right? I know that's cheesy, but like literally like the world is full of it. Scubalon, right? It is full of it, but yet we keep going to it. And it is causing us to remove ourselves from our heat source. We need to be in the presence of God. Nothing compares to it. The next angle of the triangle is our fuel is our prayer and worship. Everyone say prayer and worship. I've been saying it for weeks, but prayer is the fuel to the fire. You know, today is Palm Sunday. More important than our 10-year celebration, I really believe this. Today is the official start to Holy Week. So believers around the world are going to be celebrating Jesus in a, in a, in a way that's profound and impactful this week. As we celebrate what Jesus did on the cross, and then we look towards next Sunday when we celebrate his resurrection. But when Jesus came into the city, that's what Palm Sunday is. He comes into Jerusalem. It starts a week that now we call Holy Week. Everybody greets him with these palm branches. They, they sing his praises. And the first thing after Jesus entered the city, the first thing he did was go to the temple. He goes to the temple, and he sees something that grieves his heart. I'll read about it. Matthew 21, 12 says it this way. Jesus entered the temple. This is right after the Hosanna, Hosanna, palm kind of moment. 
he, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer. Jesus positioned prayer at the center of who the church ought to be. His first order of business in the Holy Week was to go to the temple and to set it aside as a house of prayer. He would go on, and the scriptures go on, and they position worship as prayer's best friend, right? And worship is our primary way that we respond to God and his goodness. What do we do? We worship him. We thank him for his goodness. Ian e. Bounds, great theologian and writer about prayer specifically, he said this. What the church needs today is not more or better machinery, not new organizations, or more and novel methods. But people whom the Holy Ghost can use, people of prayer, mighty in prayer. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through people. He does not anoint plans, but people of prayer. I love some Ian Bounce. And listen, anytime you say Holy Ghost instead of Holy Spirit, you know you're making a good point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love it. It's like so good. A few weeks ago, Monday Night Prayer was happening, and Ryan Moore, he shared a, a, a few stories about answered prayers. And then he started, believe it or not, he started crying. <laughs> but this is not why I'm telling the story. What he said was, he says, why don't we pray more? Every time we pray, God answers prayer and does more than what we prayed. We have to pray more. How many of you guys agree with that? Prayer and worship, right? It is, it is our fuel. In the third angle of the fire triangle, our oxygen is community. Everyone say Community meaning our spiritual family, our biblical community. It's what we breathe in and breathe out in this church. You want to be on fire? Guess what? We do it together. <laughs> From the beginning, 10 years ago, this church, the undergirding value, if you will, has always been that we want to be a spiritual family together. We want to be spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ, spiritual mothers and fathers in this room. We want to encourage, lift up, care for one another, pray together. We want to cry together, sing together. And I know that's some better than others, right? But listen, we want to do it anyway. We want to laugh. We want to pursue Christ. We want to be the church the best way we know how. And I know we won't be the church or we won't be the best church because there, there's no such thing as the best church, right? Like the, we won't be perfect in all we do, but we, we can aim to be authentic and to give God our very best. We won't always be culturally cool, <laughs> But, you know, we can understand that culture around us as best as we can. And we've tried to do that as a church body. We, we, won't, we won't be like the world. We don't want to be like the world. But we will be for the world so we can win the world for Christ Jesus. Ephesians 4.16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Everyone say special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love this passage. Each part, every person does their own special work to help the whole body. In other words, we need you. What you bring to the table matters. Who you are matters. This church is not designed, no church is designed to be a spectator sport. It's not intended for people to kind of halfway be in. It's an all-in proposition. And so I'd even say to you today, if, if, if what you do here is primarily attend church, I'm inviting you to more. 
We need you. The kingdom needs you. The city needs you. And I would say you need us. I believe that because it's impossible for you to be on fire for Jesus by yourself. You need community. Life with Jesus is not a private matter. Even though the culture says it is, keep your faith to yourself, they say. We are called the body of believers, not the silo of believers. So we need you. We want you. And I know you need us. So my friends, I want you to listen. From the beginning of this church, we have been bent on setting people free of mediocrity. We are so tired of mediocre versions of faith. Following the ways of Jesus is about relentlessly scaling the walls of normalcy for the sake of God's kingdom. We've said that for years, and here's what I believe, is that you need to do whatever. You need to be relentless in your pursuit of who God has created you to be. So scale the walls, go through the walls, whatever you got to do with the walls, because you need to be you, and we need you to be you. Because when you relentlessly pursue who God has created you to be, and you are the best version of you, we get to be the best version of we. Do you understand that? And so a church on fire, heat, we need it. Fuel, we feed it. Oxygen, we breathe it. We need these things to be a fire, church on fire. That's the three things I want you to go home with today. To be a church on fire, to be a heart on fire, we draw near to the presence of God. That he is our heat. We need that. We are a house of prayer and worship. That is our fuel. We'll feed on that. We are a spiritual family where every person and their special work matters to the work that God wants to do here. That is our oxygen. We will breathe it. That is a church on fire. Are you all with me? So here, I love our church family. Like seriously, I love you. I can't even do the hard thing. Christy and I, we, we, we thank God every day for our church. And so I want to thank you for being a part of this church for, for however long you've been. If for the first, you've, you're here today, you've been a part of the first 10 years. And, and if you've been here for 10 years or three years or one day, I just want to thank you for being here. And I'm, and I'm guessing you're grateful as well for this church family. And you're grateful for those in this room. And so I want to give you a chance to just say, to just say, I'm thankful for you to your neighbor. So look at your neighbor right now and say, I'm thankful for you. Now look at your other neighbor and say, I'm sorry I didn't choose you. Look at your other and say, I'm sorry I didn't choose you and I'm thankful for you too. Isn't it always awkward when you look at someone and, they're look and you're looking at the back of their head? They chose the other person. Man. Choose your neighbors wisely. Listen, I want to do one more thing today. One more thing. And we got some other things. We're going to worship some more. We're going to tell some more stories. It's going to be awesome. We're not, we're not done. So when I say I got one more thing, I mean my part. Um, if you've been a part of OKC community for 10 years, I want to acknowledge you today, and, and, or at least most of 10 years. And so I want to include anyone who was a part of our journey back to the Civic Center days. If you were a part of this church, whenever we were having church in the Civic Center, um, I want to invite you to stand up right now. Would you stand up? Stand up. Look at that. Stay, stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. 
these, these are the OGs, the old geezers. I mean, something like that. That's what Ryan said that joke to me. Was, yeah, whatever. The OGs. No, I call them the early adopters. You know what I mean? They, they adopted a vision before everybody else was really ready to catch on to that vision. And I'm so thankful for this group of people. And I just want to say to all of you standing, thank you for tending the fire for 10 years. Thank you for keeping the fire burning. We are thankful for you as a church body. And so today we just want to say to you, well done. And we love you. And we want to give you thanks right now too. So would you give them thanks one more time? We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.